per usual, looks like firefighters are kicking A at this uh, wind-whipped wildfire near downtown Riverside. They say it's roughly 45 acres. This is uh, an area of the Santa Ana River right along where Mission Avenue goes over, Mission Inn Avenue and Mission Avenue, whichever one you want to call it. And it's sort of just south of Lake Evans. That's that body of water that I was watching the helicopters dip into. There's a a good grassy tree-filled area there that's really the the major part of where this fire was burning. A lot of palm trees in that area. And then once it skips over Mission Inn Avenue to the south, it goes through Mount Rubidoux Park. And there's really nothing in Mount Rubidoux Park to burn other than grass and brush. It's that the neighborhood on the other side. You know, everything along Redwood Drive there and uh, Glenwood Drive and Alice Place and Miramonte Place, all of those places are right next to that brush. Yeah, Miramonte Place, Glenwood Drive, Loring Drive, Indian Hill Road and Mount Rubidoux Drive have all been placed under mandatory evacuation orders. And if you see, I mean, we've we've seen this in the last several weeks, the, the, the speed of the wind, the velocity of the winds that come through there are burning these embers, or I should say blowing these burning embers in for hundreds of yards up to a quarter mile half a mile in some cases and remember uh the the guys up there fighting the thomas fire were anticipating this wind event and they were saying you know what this is when we'll face a test and we're going to face a test probably throughout southern california today with all these but look at that shot right there yeah on Sky Five, that that's it. Just shot. shows how many sporadic spot fires there are, and those and the palm trees. Unfortunately, that's where this fire is burning right now. Is in all these palm trees because of just the nature of the palm fronds themselves. You can get a part of it on fire. The rest of it, based on just the wind, will blow away, and you've got basically a torch that's flying for hundreds of feet or yards and landing on whatever. Um, you mentioned there was a woman trying to save or trying to prevent any of these embers from burning her roof, and she fell off the roof and broke her leg. Yeah. They had to get an ambulance in there for that. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Again, this fire right now, at least, is at Mission Inn Avenue and Redwood Drive, and uh, it has been for the, it's been attacked completely by all of the fire crews in the area, but it is still burning, and it, uh, because of the wind velocity, it has a potential to get Pretty crazy. They're fighting this thing from the ground and from the sky with water dropping helicopters there on site pretty quickly. And like you've mentioned, there is that nice body of water right there. So uh, it should allow them to to hopefully make quick work of this. All right. Well, it's Thursday, 1 o'clock. What does that mean? Blake, what does it mean? The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. All those little guys fighting fires now is what we need. Well, on Thursdays, we get to welcome in our friend and tech genius, Mark Saltzman, tech columnist for USA Today, among other outlets. And you can follow him at Mark Saltzman, Mark underscore Saltzman. Mark I with love your walk-up music, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So much fun. I thought you were going to say, I love the underscore in your name on Twitter. I also love <laughs> that. I'm filled with love in the know, holiday season. 
I, you know, Shannon, I was a little late to the game with Twitter. I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to blow up because I was already overwhelmed with the idea of updating things on Facebook and on YouTube at the time and a little bit of LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't need another social platform. <laughs> sure enough, Twitter didn't just go, not even did it, sorry, not, it didn't go away and it got even bigger. So, uh, there's a, a sports publicist in LA named Mark Saltzman, same Mark with a C, and, uh, he kept getting tech questions. So I felt so bad that I took him out for a beer when I was in town. Oh, you did? Uh, just to say sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm Canadian. We say sorry a lot. Um, and then, so I'm Mark underscore Saltzman. He looks quite like a, sexy. a nice guy. Yeah. Except, he's a good guy. Except yeah, he's yeah, a big yeah. New York fan. Like Yankees, Knicks, Giants. I mean, oh, oh, really? What's yeah. up with that? Mm. I don't know. He looks he like a nice guy, but he's just missing something like a underscore. <laughs> He's also missing about 11,000 followers on Twitter that you oh, have that he doesn't. Well, we don't need to knock him down. No, he's a Why? good guy. Come on. You stop it, Mark. You know you wanted to punch him in the throat once you <laughs> met him. Hey, it's my bad for being late on to the game. But uh, did, yeah. you, uh, did you threaten him? I did not. Oh. I did not threaten him. Uh, come on. I'm like a towering five foot six. What am I going to say? I'm going to bite your ankles? Uh, believe me. If you threatened me, I would think uh, if you did it with sort of a prison crazy look on your face, I would think that you were capable of gutting That's me. That's so I mean, don't Gary. think I've ever seen an angry Canadian, like a threatening bad guy. That's fine. Take away our poutine. We'll be upset. You know there what poutine is, right? I don't even want to know. That's, it, poutine is a the fr- French fries covered with cheese, curds, and gravy. It's now becoming like a staple in American yes, restaurants. Yes, it is. Yes. Poutine. It's if you're everywhere. really French, you say poutine, but that just sounds odd. Yeah, it's delicious is what it is. Mark. Yeah, maple syrup. Mark, well, we, Mark uh, joins us for our cooking segment every day. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to be talking about technology We here? have to talk about Apple and the big news that, yes, we are going to slow down the older phones. Yes. You know, so they finally admitted that they do this. But it's, in their defense, they say it's so your phone doesn't shut down. So here's the deal. Uh, John Poole, who's the founder of a software company called Primate Labs, did some testing and found out that uh, when push comes to shove, an iPhone that has an older battery, so a slightly older iPhone, uh, is p- being purposely run slower on the operating system side um, that Apple has never come clean about in the past. So the way he found it out, by the way, was putting in a new battery, which isn't something we're supposed to do, but he opened it up and he had a new battery put in. And then the performance peaked up, not just the battery performance, but the whole processing performance. There's a way to measure it, right? So he he confronted Apple about it and they said, yeah, you're right. We do purposely slow down the processing power of older iPhones to make sure they don't unexpectedly shut down. So this is something that Apple has not come clean about until just this this week. So what does that mean for you? Well, if you have an older iPhone and it's been rumored for years, people say, is it, you know, is it a, is this a, um, uh, what's the word when you uh, conspiracy, is this a conspiracy where Apple purposely slows down my old phone? So I have to buy a new one. Sure. And, and so I, I don't think that's the case. They defend why they have to slow down the performance of, so the battery can handle the new operating system. So it doesn't really mean much, I think to us as a consumer, cause we don't typically would open up a phone, an iPhone and put in a new battery. So you kind of got to live with it. There's some things you can do to try to speed up performance. Uh, but yeah, at least Apple admitted it. And they said they're trying to work on a fix as well there's on top a, of that. There's a guy in L.A., a guy by the name of Stefan Bogdanovich, who has filed a class action suit uh, against Apple. Because of mm-hmm. this? Because of this. He claims, excuse me, 
He claims mm-hmm. Apple's uh, tactic of slowing down these uh, uh, causes users to suffer. Well, listen, yeah. I, and I I understand the at least the thought of the conspiracy theory where they're trying to get you to sure sure you you get so annoyed by it you think I'll just get a new phone exactly. and we'll, can fix all the problems. Well, last week you guys remember we were uh, we went to uh, Valencia for an hour. I had a problem with my iPhone. It's a it's a six, uh, where it kept acting as if I was shutting, uh, you know, closing the phone, turning it off just to put in mm-hmm. standby mode. Mm-hmm. It was doing it every minute or two, and I was to the point where I said, "Listen, I'm just going to get a new phone today because right. I can. Yeah. I'm you know I'm re- ready for the upgrade thing." It turns out a quick internet search. Twenty minutes later, I had the phone working fine. It was a known glitch. It was easy mm-hmm. to fix. But I thought, well, that's brilliant of them just before the holidays to start throwing out this little glitch that makes everybody annoyed with their phone. Oh, so cynical. I love it. It I would have thought the same thing. It's so many people have tried to connect the dots. And logically, you're thinking, yeah, this this must be some subversive thing that they're doing. And, you know, they say, no, it's not. And for years, they've defended that uh, rumor. They've, they've, they've uh, nixed that rumor, I should say. But yeah, and look, I have a three-year-old iPad that works great. It's an iPad mini until I installed iOS 11. Now it's like bricked. It will not work. So I have to go back to an older operating system. And, and that's because, you know, these newer um, operating systems do require more horsepower that this older iPad doesn't have. So they're in a funny predicament as well. I'm not defending them believe me it's a company that i don't defend often um but it does make sense that you know the the software and the hardware have to work in tandem and if your hardware is so old that it can't take advantage of the new software then you're you are going to experience these issues so we'll see what happens they said that there will be another um ios 11 update called uh 11.2.0 it's supposed to come soon that uh it should work on older phones to fix the issue on iphone 7s and 6 pluses and stuff mark what can we expect for trends when it comes to tech when it comes to technology that could change the way we do things in 2018 so I think it's going to be more evolutionary than revolutionary. We're going to keep seeing the things that we're seeing now, a lot more voice interaction. So again, you walk into your home, you talk to Alexa, you talk to your Google, and it's really going to start working with more and more devices. And in fact, we've seen over the last couple of months, you don't have to have that dedicated speaker anymore. Um, there's a, an update to Sony's smart TVs that adds Google Assistant to it. Um, there are thermostats that have built-in Amazon Alexa and Sonos speakers that have that built-in. So soon you're not going to need that one device. You're all, a lot of your smart home things, uh, from your clock radio to your, your range oven, for heaven's sakes, is going to have that voice interaction where you have access to all of your information by just asking for it. We're also going to see a lot smarter cars. So we've, for years, we've been seeing, again, very slowly, but more sensors, more cameras uh, being added to cars. And then Tesla's autopilot sort of kicked it up a notch. Now all the American car companies are catching up. Things like adaptive cruise control, where you're cruising down the freeway, the guy in front of you slams on his brakes, so your car will now do it to put a buffer between you and the vehicle ahead. So we're going to start seeing a lot more of these semi-autonomous driving technologies that somewhat take over the wheel for you. And then in a couple of years from now, we are going to see, you know, barring any legislative hurdles, we're going to see a lot more self-driving cars being tested, um, especially in states like California, where you're very liberal about that kind of stuff. So side note about those smart cars. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you eager for that? Would you be willing to volunteer for that? 
Yeah, I would. You know, I'm a I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. There's no perfect solution, but uh, the last stat that I read from the you know the the road the transportation authority is that 95 and a half percent of all car accidents are caused by human error. So I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, and there has been one fatality, if not two, uh, so far with self-driving cars. I think we talked about it a few months ago. A guy in California, uh, sorry, in Florida, rather, uh, was, was killed by, he was playing on his Nintendo, uh, behind the wheel instead of, um, what, what, looking at the road and the Tesla made a mistake and it, uh, it changed lanes when it shouldn't have. It's going to happen. But if you think about it, probably every one minute, someone, there's a fatality caused by a road accident caused by human error. So I'm willing to give it a shot. In fact, the consumer electric show is around the corner. I'll be in Vegas uh, beginning January 8th, and I've been invited by a couple of car companies to test drive their self-driving cars down the strip because Nevada is another state that it, that welcomes self-driving or autonomous vehicle testing. And I've done it once before, but I'm eager to do it again. So I'm going to accept at least one of these invites. Mm. All right. Well, sorry, sorry for the side note there. but it's well, No, no, no. It's so a valid I, question. Uh, what about you? What do you guys think? I, I don't know. I mean, I love the idea of sitting in traffic and letting especially you know a morning commute where i'm on the road for 45 minutes or an hour i love the idea mm. of someone else paying yeah. paying the most attention but i don't think i would ever feel comfortable just you know turning my back to the road for example flipping up yeah. a newspaper or a tablet and reading while things are going yeah. on around me i would yeah. love that so i sometimes take public transit where i live because i you know i'm a journalist is my day job and i can get an article done each way. Uh, so I would love the idea of being in my own vehicle and having that freedom to work or sleep or, or play uh, or watch Netflix or what have you. But uh, yeah, th- that's a bit, that's a bit much. In fact, where I live uh, in Canada, so self-driving cars are legal to be tested, but the caveat is that you have to be behind the wheel of the car. So that summon feature from Tesla, where you say, Hey, come get me I'm, you know, I'm down on the road, come out of my garage and come down the driveway to get me is deactivated where I live. So that's, that's the one catch is that you have to be behind the wheel. Um, so there's still we still have a ways to go, but I expect that uh, just to answer your question to take to take off uh, a lot more in 2018. And then finally, things like um, blockchain and cryptocurrencies, we're going to hear a lot more about that. Bitcoin, as you know, has been uh, a, a huge uh, has been has seen a huge jump over the last couple of years. So we're going to start seeing the big banks really starting to embrace these digital uh, decentralized technologies a lot more as well. Very, very cool. Uh, The 3D printing, can we talk about this? I've been waiting for 3D printing to take off, and it seems like it's been stalled for the last five, six, seven years. Yeah, so it hasn't really caught on as fast as I think the industry had hoped that the 3D printer makers have hoped. But the prices are coming down. Now we're seeing sub $200 uh, all-in-ones. An all-in-one is a 3D printer and a scanner in one. So if Shannon comes over for a cup of coffee, I like her mug and I want a a copy of her coffee mug, then I put it in, it scans it, and then it creates it on the spot. We're seeing now under $200 for a scanner and copier in one. Uh, The materials, the consumables as they call it, the plastics or the metals, whatever the, the material is, is also coming down in costs. So I think that we're, it's still early days. It's the Model T Ford days of 3D printing to stick with the car analogy. Uh, but we're starting to see some pretty interesting stuff for additive manufacturing, as it's called, 3D printing, um, and going above and beyond just a coffee mug or a chess piece. But you're going to start, you know, one day, let's go back to cars for a moment. Your car needs a replacement part. So instead of having to go to the garage, to your dealership or, or what have you to get that piece, your 3D printer in the home can make it. And then you just pop it in yourself. Um, I'm oversimplifying it. But if that's 
if that's where we're at with that, that's we're, we're, it's pretty cool, and it will it will be a big deal. Mark, before we let you go, what was your favorite video game of 2017? Wow, tough call to narrow it down to one. Can I guess? Uh, sure. I, I know guess which one you're going to say. Your favorite was Super Mario Odyssey. Well, it certainly was one of them. I know you're referring <laughs> to my uh, USA Today column. Thank you. Yeah. So I broke out my last column into three sections for kids, for teens, and for adults. Um, just so if you're shopping for, for uh, a little one in your family, you know what's appropriate and what's not. But yeah, so whether you're a, a, a kid or a kid at heart, I thought Super Mario Odyssey was a fantastic game. You know, as much as I love Nintendo, I always roll my eyes when they come out with the exact same game a year or two later as they did just on a new system. You know, it's like the same Mario Kart or the same Zelda game or whatever. But this year, I have to give them props. They did come out with some brand new, uh, you know, leveraging the same characters that we know and love, but, uh, but creating all new experiences. So yeah, Super Mario Odyssey, Odyssey, super fun. It works with Nintendo Switch, which is their portable system that can be docked into a station and then you play on your big screen TV. Really fun. You play as Mario in a 3D world and you take off your hat, which is called Cappy, and you use it to defeat enemies or flip switches. You can do a lot of fun things with it. So it's a great little mechanic. Um, Great game. Uh, I think it's $59. And uh, yeah, you do need a Nintendo Switch to play that one. All right. Well, have a fantastic holiday. And to you. Thank you, guys. Uh, really appreciate uh, our Thursday segments. I always have fun with you guys. Oh, thanks so much. We, we, we look forward I, to I them. I hope that you are as happy at the end of them as we are. <laughs> Why does that sound condescending? No, no, I mean that, in the, I mean that in the best no, way. Uh, well, I hope so. Uh, you no, know, I, I do. I do feel good. I'm glad you enjoy them, too. See? This is just like a big love fest here. I feel like Cheers. I'm being hugged right now. I feel like a virtual hug. <laughs> I made hug. it techie with virtual. Love it. I see, I see what you did there. Cheers, and we'll talk to you in <laughs> you the got new it. year. Happy, healthy holidays, guys. Thank you. Mark Saltzman there, our, our tech guy and the tech columnist for USA Today. And again, the um, the best video games of 2017, that's based on his article uh, that we will throw a link up to. If you want to go to KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. You'll see that there as well as following Mark on Twitter with at Mark underscore Saltzman, Mark with a C, not just Mark Saltzman because that guy doesn't deserve. I mean, he does. He's everybody deserves Twitter followers, but looks like firefighters have kicked that thing, uh, kicked that thing down. Yeah, good. Th- this is uh, there's a fire that uh, started in the Santa Ana River Trail that are right in Riverside where Mission Ave- Mission Inn Avenue crosses over, sort of between, um, I guess that's Mount Rubido Park and the Lake Evans area. I've already received, we got a Twitter message and I got a couple of emails as well. A lot of people have said that the that area is well known for the, the homeless population that, that camps out there. Right. And that this was probably a matter of time before this was going to happen. We've already seen, in fact, just in the last couple of weeks, stories of homeless encampments being the cause of some of the fires, like the Bel Air fire that we saw a couple of weeks ago. So uh, not a surprise, but it looks like for the most part... Riverside Fire and uh, Riverside County Fire that showed up have been able to put this thing out. 45, maybe 50 acres uh, in that little grassland area. The concern was because of the wind that was whipping through there, the player, player uh, places like Indian Hill Road, Beacon Way, Ladera Lane, Lane and then north of, uh, or I should say south of Mission Inn Avenue along uh, Mount Rubido Drive, uh, places like that, we we're going to see embers landing potentially in some of the homes or getting up into the eaves. That was a concern. We haven't seen any news of any homes catching on fire. I've got a couple stories right here, and they're uh, sciency. Yes. 
But not like, uh, you know, odd? we don't need to whip out the periodic table here. Okay. So they're kind of like, yeah, I guess you could say odd. What kind of, how odd? Uh, strange. Ooh. Strange science. It's, it's like weird science, but strange. <laughs> the bananas are going away, guys. There is you a likelihood. Banana apocalypse. That banana apocalypse is upon us. Sometime in the next decade, bananas may disappear. Victims of a fungal pathogen known as Panama disease. The disease is on the march throughout the world, threatening the future of what is the world's most popular fruit. This is potentially the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the way we produce food, specifically fruits and vegetables, because there has been a failure to diversify. When you think of bananas, for the most part in the late 19th century, bananas came in one variety. One. It was known as Big Mike. Gros Michel, as they called it. You know Big Mike, right? Sure. Okay. Well, Big Mike was the one specific kind of banana that came out of the it was the, the fruit of the masses. Now, the thing about Gros Michel, the Big Mike bananas, was it was sterile. The banana plant that oh. is Big Mike is sterile. Oh, no. So you can't crossbreed and this, that sort of thing, a Big Mike banana plant. you got to take a cutting from that plant and plant it. Poor Big Mike. Now, the, but listen, this is taking one plant and then just replicating it over and over again. It's the basis. So not only are you populated with just a single variety of plant, you are saying that that banana from that tree exactly matches, genetically speaking, the banana from that tree. So not only is it the same variety, it's literally the same genetic material. So when one virus comes in and eats away at that banana, it's going to blast through like wildfire, pardon the pun, it's going to blast through that one species. Or like sugar-free gummy bears through your intestines. Oh, like that's a fantastic analogy. Thank you. That is a fantastic analogy. So they had to get away from Big Mike and went to a different kind named the Cavendish. The after, Cavendish. After William Cavendish, the Duke of Devonshire. Everybody knows that. Wow, how different. Big Mike to Cavendish. It, yes. That's the opposite ends of the, the name spectrum there. It sounds much more cultured. The problem is, just like William Cavendish was very bad at traveling in the ocean, so was the Cavendish banana. It could bruise easily. Oh, no. It would spoil in the hold of a ship. I hate a bruised banana. So... Anyway. I know that uh, they're fine. Wait, what? Even when they're bruised. But... I just don't like the looks of one. A new a new variant of the Panama disease is going after the Cavendish bananas. And potentially they're saying that if this thing eats through the Cavendish bananas like the original Panama disease, ate through the, uh, ate through the Big Mikes, we're just – we got nothing to do. All we're right. Have go. you gotten your journal neurology yet this week? Uh, I did get it. I think it's you under my it Christmas cards though. You haven't looked at it yet? Uh, I've been going through the Christmas cards. This is... I have to read every family member's, you know, four-page single-space document about how great their kids are. Do you still get Christmas letters? We have one, and it has become the stuff of legend. One, uh, I've got one too, and I love it. I love it. 
Um, but one of my friends sent a card with bullet points. Like it was just four bullet points of what each family member's up to. I loved it. That was even better. It was perfect. Oh, like yeah. Twitter version. Like little of- nuggets. Like your little news nuggets. Okay. Um, all right. I've got huge news coming from the Journal of Neurology or just neurology. All about what could make your brain feel and seem and be 10, 11 years younger. I'm in. I know, right? I'll tell you what to eat when we come back. More Strange Science with Gary and Shannon. One foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Gary and Shannon. Some of the stuff we've talked about today. Oh, if you have not heard yet the Elf on the Shelf story from the first hour, that was a uh, that's a classic Elf on the Shelf story. Mom in Texas uh, accidentally put Elfus 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 in the oven. Accidentally, uh, it's a great story. Very, very sad. Very great story. Uh, two people have been arrested, although it looks like one of them was not connected. But uh, two people arrested in connection with a Australian car attack. Did I just say connected and not connected? Okay, how about this? There was a guy who drove a car into a crowd in Australia and hurt 19 people. He was arrested. Another guy who was arrested was just standing there with three knives in his backpack. Can't do that. And then the Thomas Fire also, 272,000 acres burned, now 60% contained. And the winds are picking up today, so this is going to be an important day. Back to our strange science story about your head, your noggin. A study published in the journal Neurology finds that older people who ate at least one serving of leafy greens a day had a slower rate of decline on tests of memory and thinking skills than people who rarely or never ate these vegetables, which is why you've got to down a plate of leafy vegetables once a day. Keep that brain sharp. Well, then how come we don't have a, uh, a a kale dispenser in the office? We have an M&M dispenser in there. After almost five years, regular consumers of kale, spinach, collard greens, and lettuce enjoy a mental edge that was the equi- equivalent of 11 years in age. They're saying, Fascinating. Though, they're saying that the top tier of leafy vegetable consumers, boy, put that on your business card, started with these cognitive stores that were slightly higher than those in the bottom tier, which would be more indicative of the fact that they've been eating well all their lives, probably, but that over five years, the pattern of mental aging uh, differed markedly in these two groups. Uh, Average of 1.3 servings of leafy greens a day, the decline in test performance about half as steep as that of the participants. Yes, ma'am, you, the blonde. Uh, I would say. Um, I'm going to call baloney on this study. Why? Well, think about the people who eat a bowl of leafy greens once a day. Aren't they also going to be the people who don't drink or smoke, the people who take care of themselves fitness-wise? You're saying that this doesn't necessarily prove that it's the leafy vegetables. Exactly. It may be just more generally someone who's going to eat like that is Is going to take care of themselves. Yes. And that's the problem with this. Oh, just don't. Maybe they're suggesting that you don't wash down your leafy vegetables with a fifth of Jack. 
then they should put that in the study. Ah, well, maybe that's in the second half. What they uh, should have is a study of 10 people, all the same age, all eating a bowl of leafy greens a day, and then having other factors, like uh, maybe one likes to get into his scotch. Maybe (laughs) one smokes the reefer. Maybe one hasn't uh, taken a walk in 15 years. Wow. I'm just saying, I'd like to know if it's the leafy greens or just their overall lifestyle. Martha Morris was the senior author of the study. She studies nutrition and brain health at Rush University Medical Center, Chicago. And she said something that I think every doctor has said at some point outside of Dr. Frankenstein. You do get immediate benefits from eating healthy foods and exercising and you get long term benefits. No crap. I need, a, I need Dr. Martha to tell me doctor. that. We were talking earlier about how long medical school is. Yeah. You could go to medical school and learn that you get immediate benefits from eating healthy foods and exercising, and you also get long-term benefits. <sighs> okay. That was a big sigh. When we come back, we're going to tell you about this uh, the story about Mark Wahlberg. I, I can't get over this story. <laughs> I keep thinking about it. It's very, very funny. Mark Wahlberg was at the Super Bowl last year. And as we sat in my living room and watched the Atlanta Falcons absolutely tear up uh, just what looked like an inept New England Patriots team, we thought, for sure, this is over. Well, Mark Wahlberg, it turns out, left early and thought maybe the same thing he, and then blamed it on sickness. He said his, his little boy was sick. And had to go. And he missed. Mr. Boston, Mr. Patriots fan himself, missed one of the, wasn't it the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history? Oh, by far. In so, fact, one of the greatest in, in all of sport. And so, what's the deal here? Well, we'll tell you what the deal is. And it was not about his little boy being sick. No. Mm-mm. But it is about his little boy. Yeah. And that little potty mouth the little bastard's got. Wow. <laughs> That's oh, the second time that... you've used that word today. <laughs> Potty? No. Use that more. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. You got a little, you can use much more. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty more stimulating talk. Well, Vice President Mike Pence made an unannounced tra- trip to Afghanistan today. Meet with Afghan leaders, visit U.S. troops. Uh, the first to Afghanistan by either Trump or the vice president. Interesting because it's the same day that the uh, U.N. General Assembly voted overwhelmingly to denounce the president's recognition of uh, Jerusalem as Israel's capital, uh, ignoring Trump's threats to cut off aid to any country that went against him. I'm wondering what impact that will have on the Middle East today, if any. Well, uh, Men's Health Magazine has an interesting profile of Mark Wahlberg, former rapper, current actor, and burger mogul. You see how ripped he is? Yeah. He's trying to get down to, what, 5% body? I mean, I didn't stare at the picture like you did, but yes, I saw it. Uh, He missed it. How is he going to be a burger mogul and be ripped like that? Shouldn't he have just a little bit of paunch at least? I mean, he's... He's 46, so there's going to be some punch there. I see what you're doing. Uh, he missed his precious New England Patriots come behind, come from behind win uh, against the Falcons in Super Bowl LI back in February. And 
he initially issued a plea for forgiveness to his patriots on Instagram. Remember, he said, my youngest son wasn't feeling well. That was the message that he put on there. So he left the game. It was in Arizona, right? He left the game uh, early because his kid, period. And it made sense. You know, you're thinking, oh, if your kid's sick, oh, that kid must have been really sick. That's too bad. But that's the only reason you would leave the game. If he was sick, he would have just stuck around. Absolutely. He barfed in the trash can in the suite and just kept going. Well, now we're getting clarification on what happened. And it seems, well, according to Mark Wahlberg, his eight-year-old little boy threw a complete full-on meltdown tantrum, an F-bomb tirade. Okay, now, a meltdown is one thing. An F-bomb tirade from an eight-year-old is embarrassing. Legend. That's legendary. Yeah. And it better be at the Super Bowl. Like, if if you're going to – it can't be in the Ralphs. It's got to be at the and Super Bowl. And about the Super Bowl. He's <laughs> – he says um, at the time, this is again from Men's Health, at the time he told reporters he had a sick son who needed to get back to their hotel. And that's partly true. The Wahlberg family was watching the game in a luxury suite. Oh, sorry, it was in Houston uh, at NRG Stadium while the Patriots were getting pounded. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ray Durham's second son, eight-year-old Brendan, was not handling it well at all. Says Mark Wahlberg, quote, he was spitting out F-bombs and going crazy. It was bad. He was lying down on the carpet. He was very upset. The wife wanted to stay, but Mark Wahlberg says he wasn't having it, and he left with his boy. Um, when when the reporter asks him, well, did your kid learn a valuable lesson? Like, you know, had he stayed, he would have watched the greatest comeback in NFL history, right. probably one of the greatest comebacks ever in sports. And Mark Wahlberg says, no, he didn't learn a lesson. He's a vicious, sore loser. He wants the ball. He hates when his brother gets it. When he doesn't get the ball, he goes crazy. He throws rocks. And apparently also throws the F-bomb around. Wow. So he should be more of a Seahawks fan. (laughs) It may have been part, well, part of the reason may have been because Mark Wahlberg and his son, who was sprouting out F-bombs left and right, they were sharing a luxury suite. With the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. Right. That's embarrassing. You can't have that. No, that's quite embarrassing. That's like when when we, you know, are allowed to go to the Dodgers suite and are given a talking to by Don Martin. And we have to give you. And he says, uh, hey, guys, easy. Don't don't go causing trouble in here. It's mostly you, in all honesty. Then why did we both get the talking to? I think he didn't want to single you out, mm. I think. But if you look at the context of last time we were in that suite at Dodger Stadium and the things you said versus the things I said, I mean, it happened to be at a game that was pretty important, and I just sat there quietly the whole time. Listen, it's the World Series. It's game six. Emotions run high. <laughs> That's not what we were talking about. You know about. what I mean? Yes, I know exactly yeah, what you, you mean. you do know what I mean. But you weren't throwing a tantrum, <clears throat> stomping your feet on the ground oh, in, the, in the owner's box. No, Although I was the, not. the the commissioner of baseball did look over at you a couple of times. Well, yeah. Wondering if there's anything that he could do to get you kicked out of the out of the stadium before the end of the game. John. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I missed this one. No. He's <laughs> talking out his fanny. Not true. We got a good story for you. <clears throat> oh yeah, that is a pretty good story. That that one. I think I've I think I've told you this story. <laughs> Which one? Oh, no, I can't. It's not for the air. Things. I don't want to get fired before the first of the year. 
<laughs> now's, now's not the time. Now's not the time. Gee, you've had a colorful uh, history, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's one way to put it. <laughs> so, um, hi. How hi. Are you? Good. What are you guys doing today? Uh, well, we just got word uh, there's a uh, new brush fire out of the uh, homeless encampment yep. along the Santa Ana Riverbed. So, uh, Chris San Carlos going down there. Gee, I wonder what caused that. Uh, could be anything. Is somebody having lunch? Flammable homeless people? Yeah. They would spontaneously explode. It's not out of the realm of so possibility. So now you don't even want the homeless people to eat. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be one of my first edicts when I'm emperor. And Merry Christmas to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, we just got word also the House did approve legislation to keep the government funded into next oh, month. Oh, thank God. So wow. now shut down the Senate thank as expected you, to vote soon. Yeah, thanks for the breaking news. Is there <laughs> everybody was on the edge of their seats worrying about see? that <laughs> john and ken up next we'll see you tomorrow stay dry everybody that that was a good show i really like them gary and shannon